too melancholy i can't help it and and together we're the, the deep, deep fried geeks our weekly podcast we're talking about movies comics tv shows general geek news that's right and sometimes legends the legends of today tomorrow and in this case epic legends of yesteryear yesteryear Eternity and eternity. For, I, you know what? The things that this person has started—I don't know. We're just gonna keep going. With it. If, more than likely, you know who it is. But we're gonna keep some mystery on there. So the the universe that this person helped create will go on way after we're done. right. So, a very long time. So legend is an appropriate term. Um. So I decided that we're gonna release this like a week after it happened. So we're recording okay. this like two days after Stanley passed away. Yeah. So Stanley passed away on November twelfth, two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Stan died at the age of ninety five. My thought was that everybody is going to be releasing. Yeah, they'll probably Stanley have some sort of tribute stuff. Though, so I figured our week, tribute's yeah. going to come out Thanksgiving week, and people. So will just have... when you've forgotten about it and you're moving on with your life, sucker punch, pow! So happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you had a lot of turkey time to cry. <laughs> so we were going to do a Thanksgiving special, but our Thanksgiving special has turned into a thanks to Stan special. I like that. That's good. Thanks, oh thanks Stan, for giving <laughs> us good good yeah. memories. That's thanks, what we're calling. Thanks to Stan special is is what we're doing today to uh, come together and remember Stanley and and just as much as everybody is already and talk about. Really, what he has meant to us, and what he means to pop culture, and and for people who maybe don't realize or get why it's such a big deal, mm-hmm. and why he is such a big deal, to kind of shed a shed a light on that. And and for me to start off, I just want to if if you watch any Stanley tribute videos, you should watch the one that Marvel put out. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've watched that yet. That one I don't think I've seen. Uh, Marvel put one out. It's perfect because it's not too long. It's like six or seven minutes long, and it's got a lot of the the cameos and stuff. Can't, well, yeah, but it it talks about Stan and what he meant to the company and Stan's ideals, and they show a couple clips of Stan and who Stan was, and um, it was really a beautiful video. So I shared that on my personal page, but maybe I'll share that on the Deep Fried Geeks page too. Um, so it was pretty great. So I figured. We would get into memories of Stan and stuff like that. But b- before we did that, I just wanted to talk about kind of his legacy a, a little bit and, and why he was so important to the comic world, really. And yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think if you're going to look at founding fathers of the comic world, you would probably put him in Jack Kirby. Jack, right yeah. There, right? If, oh, yeah. If Because... If, if, they called Jack Kirby King Kirby. Jack the King Kirby, yeah. yeah. And I think if... Because if, Jack created all the likenesses of the characters, mm-hmm. but Stan created their stories and yeah. who they were. Their and histories, else. their personalities. Yeah. And the, the list of characters that Stan helped create, either co-create or create, is really quite 
remarkable. Yeah, I don't think we have time to list them all, really. I'm, I'm going to list 90% of them, probably. Oh, my gosh. Really? <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do this. Because I think it would be, uh, you know, so obviously the people he created and, and having the the early works and his writing and what I remember him from the most is the soapboxes in the comic. So mm-hmm. Stan for the longest time was the, even after he stopped writing, he still did the soapboxes. Yeah. And so Stan was the face of Marvel Always, yeah, pretty Stan much always since yeah, oh yeah. And then when as I got more of a kid, that's when he started the cameos and the cartoons. But what everybody kind of forgets is Stan also was the president of Marvel for a long time too, um, and really saved them from bankruptcy. Yeah, um, during the nineties, yeah, in the nineties when um, he's he's the reason why spider-man and fantastic four and all that were owned by fox because he sold the movie rights to them right and had the four thinking to go through and some of you think it is an awful thing but really it saved the company yeah because if, if he didn't do that they would have gone completely under or been bought by someone else and then all the rights would have been changed right. they could anybody could have done whatever they wanted to these characters yeah. that we love so much so it was a necessary thing to do to keep the company moving forward and at this point I'm not really worried about Disney doing anything wrong with these characters. They know what we want. No, yeah. And I think sure. the people who are running it now are huge fans, so Yeah. And um and I just wanna put a, a brief caveat that we didn't know Stan personally, so no. we're not gonna be talking about Stan the man, which was his nickname, but yeah. we're not gonna be talking about the man and the person he is and his family and his daughter and, and his wife Joni. We're gonna be talking about how, how we knew him, and that's the legend. And the Go through the characters and the stories. But there's so much more to him than just his legacy in that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's true. So, uh, comic book characters that Stan co-created or uh, created. Ant-Man, Peggy Carter, Hulk, Nick Fury, Spider-Man, Spider-Woman. I'm going to try to skip some people I don't know. Uh, Mangog, Marvel Boy... Mass Marauder, Aunt May, Melter, Mantello, Mephisto. Uh, I'm skipping a lot of people. Uh, Merlin, Metal Master, uh, Mindless Ones, Miracle Man, Mr. Fantastic, Mr. Fear, Mr. Hyde, Modoc, Mole Man, Molecule Man, Molten Man, so, uh, Baron Mordo, yep. uh, Mysterio. Count Nefaria, Foggy Nelson, mm. Night Nurse, Nightmare, Dr. Octopus, Odin, Olympians, Harry Osborne, Norman Osborne, Overmind, Owl, Ox, Karen Page, uh, Painter, I don't know who that is, Richard and Mary Parker, um, Plunderer, Pepper Potts, Princess Python, Prowler, Psycho Man, Puppet Master, Purple Man, Hank Pym, Quicksilver, Quasimodo Comics, uh, radioactive man. Yeah. Holy cow! Uh, oh. Rhino, Franklin Richards, uh, Red Wing, Ringmaster, Robbie Robertson, Ronan the Accuser, Accuser, Betty Ross, Thunderbolt Ross, Sandman, Scarlet Witch, Scarecrow from Marvel, Scorpion, uh, Scorpion Sergeant Fury, and the Howling Commandos, She Hulk, Shocker, Silver Surfer. 
Skrull. Sinister Six. Sinister, wow, yeah, Sinister Six. Uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Slayer, George Stacy, Gwen Stacy, Franklin Storm. Stilt Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's, all right, whatever. Baron Strucker, Super Skrull, T'Chaka, Thing, Flash Thompson, Thor, Tinkerer. Uh, Titanium Man. Titanium Man, Trapster, Tyranius, Ultimo, Uncle Ben, um, Vanisher, Volstag, Adam Warlock, Warriors 3, The Watchers, Mary Jane Watson, Whiplash, Whirlwind, um, Wizard, Wonder Man, X-Men, Professor X, The Yancey Street Gang, (laughs) Baron Zemo, Zeus, so I mean the there's it's probably like crazy. two to three times more that we didn't name, but oh yeah, I skipped a lot of the A's and the B's too. Uh, Abomination, Absorbing Man, um, Annihilus. We said Ant Man, Abestos Man, Avengers. The, yeah, the Ancient Ares, Batrock, the Leaper, Beast, Black Bolt, Black Widow, Black Panther. Ballastar, Blob, Blob, I love the Blob, yeah. Bluebird, uh, Brother Voodoo, the Brotherhood of Mutants in general. Wow, Captain Marvel, Peggy Carter, Sharon Carter, Catman, Chameleon. Um, yeah, there's so many that I'm not listing. Yeah. Crimson Dynamo, Cyclops, Sitarac. the Daily Bugle, Daredevil, uh, Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom, Dormammu. So pretty, uh, Dum Dum Dugan. Dum, I just Dum, all these Dugan. names I'm seeing. Egghead, Eagle of the Living Planet, Electro, Electro, uh, Electra and Electro. Sorry, uh, Falcon, Fantastic Four. So again, I don't know how. So Vanessa Fisk, Wilson Fisk. So uh, Nick Fury. So Galactus. So this is uh, Wikipedia that I'm getting the list from. So it might not be. Completely accurate, but uh, that well, complete. Is, there might be stuff that they missed too. Yeah, so I mean, that's a lot of side characters and people and things you don't think of because you think of the main characters, right? But you don't think of the side stuff and the side and villains and stuff and like villains that too, and stuff like that. It's really quite um, breathtaking. And and if you think because a lot of these characters are co-created with him, Jack Kirby, and then Steve Ditko, probably. Yeah. And so to, to look at those is just like pretty much everything we see in, in movies and video games and pop culture is because of this man. Right. And it's pretty really, it's really breathtaking. And, and for me, when, when I think of Stan Lee, I can't help but think of Walt Disney. Yeah, right? I was and thinking so that too. For people's for the generation before us, probably the baby boomers, I would liken Stan to Walt in, I would say at this point, almost surpassing. I would Walt say he Walt surpassed created. because the reason I say that is Walt was a champion for Disney. And he was there on the front lines dealing with people. He was at the parks when they were building them. He was there with the movies. He was everywhere dealing with his brand and Disney and stuff like that. Stan, on the other hand, was doing the same thing for comics, except 
in the era that Stan was famous, comics weren't popular. So he was a champion for comic books and stuff when nobody else wanted to be. Yeah. So he was pushing the threshold for comics and comic movies and comic stuff when everybody thought comics were lame. Long before. Um, and really, for us, me and you, we're a little bit different in age, but... Yeah. Stan and Marvel Comics ruled our childhood. They did. Like, I don't remember a life without Stan Lee in it. I know. To like, be honest. TV shows, merchandise, video games, they were all... Clothing, they were throughout our lifetimes. I mean, just ev- yeah. everything. Um, so, when... pants. When do you think you, you were first aware of Stan, like... As the man, or the Stan first the time man. you heard his name, I think. Let's see. I know when I was a kid, I used to love watching the Spider-Man TV show, but Stan didn't come up too much in that. I think the first real time I remember actually hearing Stan Lee was The Simpsons, the cameo episode where Stan came. Really? Yeah, I think that's the first time I actually either heard the name or heard him talk, and that okay. was probably like nineteen ninety-six, seven. Yeah. So I was probably seven or eight at the time. So and that was a funny. I was watched. I watched a clip today of him on that episode, and it, was, it made me laugh because, like, oh, I, I almost remember verbatim like all the things he did. And it was a goofy little role too. Was, I don't even remember that. Was he in the whole episode? No, he was. There was a part where Bart. Um, he wanted to make his own comic book, so he went to the comic book guy, and he's like, "Worst comic book ever." And then Stan shows up, and it's like, "Hey, you've got potential, kid." And he's like, "So you think I have great?" And Stan's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> and then like he appears again in different parts of the episode it's like oh Stan came back a comic book guy's like he never left and he just was apparently like hanging around the comic book shop reorganizing everything That's and there's funny. a scene where he destroys some kid's bat car cause he's cause he could the, okay the premise is the kid's like, uh, he's like Stan's like why are you buying this Batman figure when you could buy the thing and the, and the kid's like but Batman fits in my Batmobile it's like nah the thing will fit in there and he like jams the thing <laughs> in the Batmobile he's like there you go like true a, believer true believer like a glove and he's like ah my Batmobile that's pretty funny yeah um yeah. I think my first two kind of appearances of uh when I was first aware of him, I think were the soapboxes and the comics, mm-hmm. and always seeing his name in the comics versus Stan Lee presents. Yeah, um, that and then I don't know which cartoon it was, but there was one of those Marvel cartoons where he was like the announcer in it, and I think it might have been X Men, maybe, or there was one or two of them where he would. I thought it was Spider Man, but it might have been, been Spider Man where he did narration of it, yeah. and and I remember that a lot and. I remember, like, he did, he did a lot of the narration for the Spider-Man 64 game. Did he? And there was a lot of, like, certain level points. Like, oh, no, look out. This well, bad stuff's about to happen. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <sighs> um, what do you think is your favorite character that Stan created and why? Oh, definitely the Hulk. It's always the Hulk's my favorite character in general. And he definitely did. Because the Hulk... There's a lot of heroes that you know, have to carry the burden of being a hero, being a real person. The Hulk, on the other hand, is a hero that, one, Bruce Banner wants to do good, two, the Hulk does not. But the humanity of Bruce Banner kind of shines through the Hulk. And Hulk, 
in times of crisis and stuff like that when things are going around Hulk can really show humanity and help him do the right thing right. even though he just wants to be left alone plus he has that struggle with power like with all this strength and stuff how do I want to do right but not destroy everything and things like that so the Hulk I just, I just kind of like that yeah no I think um, really I think what Stan did perfectly and what he did differently than any other writer was he created the human before the hero like yeah he his people and his heroes had real problem real life problems and real things they're dealing with and tony stark being an alcoholic when mm-hmm. he helped write with that yeah, i think the marvel universe did a much better job than most of the other comic book universe and spider-man dealing with being a teenager and dealing with his teenage problems and the family and then stuff becoming a young adult like trying to basically living paycheck to paycheck and saving the world they're saving new york at the same time yeah Spider-Man is probably the best example of that. Um, for me, I think Spider-Man would probably be my favorite soul character that Stan created. Mm-hmm. And uh, just because he's the... Peter Parker is always good. Right. Always There's good. certain always lines that Peter Parker right won't thing. cross. Yeah. Even like... When he's like full rage, like when Squint Stacy died and he was like right up against Green Goblin, like, I'm gonna kill you, and he had the chance, and he's like, I can't do it. He still won't yeah. cross those lines. He is a true hero, and he will do whatever it takes to do the right thing. Yeah. Even right. if it means not getting revenge. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the other thing that made Stan special, and when he was a writer, mm-hmm. um, was his voice. He had a specific voice that you could read now and know hey that stands writing yeah just as, using words that nobody in normal <laughs> real life would use like excelsior yeah um and in a lot of latin and stuff and just poetic really yeah it was and very so poetic i thought we would read i would read a couple of his soapboxes without okay. getting um too long-winded because there's a bunch of them we could read um i don't know i wish i could tell you what comic this is in or when it was written but i don't have any of that info um so it's from silver age comics okay. but uh so your spider-man your fantastic four something like, yeah let's lay it right on the line bigotry and racism are among the deadliest social ills plaguing the world of today but unlike a team, I want to read it in his voice. <laughs> I can hear his voice yeah. as I'm reading it. But unlike a team of costumed supervillains, they can't be halted with a punch in the snoot or a zap from a ray gun. The only way to destroy them is to expose them, to real, reveal them for the insidious evils they really are. The bigot is an unreasoning hater, the one who hates blindly, fanatically, indiscriminately. If his hang-up is black men, he hates all black men. If a redhead once offended him, he hates all redheads. If some foreigner beat him to a job, he's down on all foreigners. He hates people he's never seen, people he's never known, with equal intensity, with equal venom. Now, we're not trying to say it's unreasonable for one human being to bug another, but although anyone has the right to dislike another individual, it's totally irrational, patently insane to condemn an entire race to despise an entire nation to vilify an entire religion. Sooner or later, we must learn to judge each other on our own merits. 
Sooner or later, if man is ever to be worthy of his destiny, we must fulfill the hearts of uh, with tolerance for, for then and only then we will truly be worthy of the concept that man was created in the image of God, a God who calls us all his, his children. Pax Eugestia stands. See, like, sitting here, is like, like, did he write that a month ago? No. See, the thing is, he's so forward-thinking. Like, this probably was written, like you said, in the Silver Age, or so the yeah. 50s and 60s, but that still rings true today. It's yeah. crazy how, like, above Oh, it does. The... It's insane. Oh, Stan. Um, he was a visionary. But he's, I think, calling him a futurist... I don't know if we throw that word around a lot, but you know what the word futurist is, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it wouldn't be crazy to call Stan a futurist. Like, he's someone who's always thinking about, or was thinking about, oh my gosh, sorry. Thinking about the future and things like that. Not just, well, this is prevalent today, but this these are problems that are going to be, ish, like, people be fighting, boom, boom, the future, now, yeah. decades from now. Yeah. Um, or these are concepts that are going to be popular. I think he's... 100 years from now. Yeah. Another one. Uh, for many years, we've been trying in our own bumbling way to illustrate that love is a far greater force, a far greater power than hate. Now, we don't mean you're expected to go around like a... Pi- <laughs> pirouetting Pollyanna, tossing yeah. posies at everyone who passes by. <laughs> but we do want to make a point. Let's consider... Uh, Let's consider three men, Buddha, Christ, and Moses, men of peace whose thoughts and deeds have influenced countless millions throughout the ages and whose presence still is felt in every corner of the earth. Yeah, well, of those three men, one of them murdered a dude, so I don't know about that. Thing. Buddha, Christ, and Moses, men of goodwill, men of tolerance, and especially men of love. Now consider the practitioners of hate who have sullied the pages of history, who still venerates their words where is homage still paid to their memory what banner still erased to their cause the power of love and the power of hate which is most truly enduring when you tend to despair let the answer sustain you excelsior that's the power of love (laughs) (laughs) i mean really to to read these things is just like like reading like a theologian, or yeah, you're right. These are these are not just like your average Joe's thoughts. These were no. very smart, very strategically worded things. That he was a very smart man. One more, one more. Okay, for the people at home. From time to time, we receive letters from readers who wonder why there's so much moralizing in our mags. They take great pains to point out the comics are supposed to be escapist reading and nothing more. But somehow, I can't see it that way. It seems to me that a story without a message, however subliminal, is like a man without a soul. In fact, even the most escapist literature of all, old-time fairy tales and heroic legends, contained moral and philosophical points of view. At every college campus where I may speak, there's a... there's as much discussion of war and peace and civil rights and the so-called youth rebellion as there is of our Marvel mags per se. None of us lives in a vacuum. None of us is untouched by the everyday events about us. 
events which shape our stories just as they shape our lives. Sure, our tales can be called escapist, but just because something's for fun doesn't mean we have to blanket our brains while we read it. Excelsior, Sandlin. I agree 100%. When you have such a powerful medium, it would be foolish not to have something that is truly meaningful. I mean, it's affected me in very many ways. Uh, thought-provoking even a lot of the like comics were kind of reflections of what's happening in reality like when 9-11 happened and then Marvel because obviously a large chunk of Marvel's universe takes place in New York it would only seem appropriate for Marvel to react into such a tragedy so they did they made a very powerful Spider-Man comic that dealt with those actions like there's a greater evil than just like some guy who dons a suit and robs a bank there's an evil that takes place in society that we need to be aware of so it would be foolish to not have a moralizing comic that reflects everyday life for sure so it's a powerful medium and they took advantage of it in the right ways yeah and really he uh, I don't think they him and they get enough credit for being so much a in front of the trend and mm-hmm. in front no, of no, civil rights really. movement and putting yeah they put the black they superheroes put and put them on the yeah. front page when probably nobody else would like news yeah. media and things like that they were they were putting them right out in front and showing them that yeah these are real people and they can do real things they're not the lower class they shouldn't be they were they were futurists yeah um and then just uh, just a couple quotes, and then we'll talk about some fun stuff. Yes, please. <laughs> um, I used to be embarrassed because I was just a comic book writer while other people were building bridges or going on to uh, yeah. medical careers. And then I began to realize entertainment is one of the most important things in people's lives. Without it, they may go off the deep end. I feel that if you're able to entertain people, you're able to do a good thing. Stanley. Being a geek has become a badge of honor. It's geeks who really make or break a TV show or movie or video game. They're the ones who are passionate about these things and who collect the paraphernalia and talk about them. A geek is really somebody interested in communication and entertainment and finding the best way to avail him or himself or herself to it. I wanted to be diverse. The whole underlying principle of the X-Men was to try to be the anti-bigotry story to show there's good in every person. You know, my motto is Excelsior. That's an old world that means old, an old word that means upward and onward to greater glory. It's on the steel of the state of New York. Keep moving forward, and if it's time to go, it's time. Nothing lasts forever. Um, the stamp that he's put on on our lives and pop culture I think will live for a really long time and hopefully there will be a time where he's uh, memorialized like Disney is and and I, I hope that Disney World makes like a Marvel Park and puts like I hope they do too a 65 foot tall statue <laughs> Right in the of middle. Stanley, right in the fucking middle. Of it. I agree. Um, 
So what what is your favorite Stan Lee movie cameo? So for a lot of us, Stan Lee and a lot of just normal pop culture people, they see Stan as just that old crazy man that pops up in yeah. movie cameos now. And there's a moot there's a cameo video going around online of all the cameos that he's done, which is Super. pretty crazy. It's, actually that's a long. Long. Yeah. it's really long. Um so uh, I would say let's say top three cameos because he can't cameos. just do one. Yeah. You could think because I've got mine already because I knew I was asking you the question and you didn't. Uh, right, so, so you do one. I yeah. already have one ready. So okay. you, you do your first. Uh, not a great movie, but the Stan Lee came. Well, I guess it was an okay movie. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man. So okay. the first one with Andrew Garfield and it had the lizard in it. And they did the lizard pretty good. I think they did Kirk Connors pretty good. I really liked the cameo from Stan where they're in the library and he's got the headphones on, and he's like listening to classic music. Yeah. And Spider-Man and Lizard are fighting in the background. Yeah, that's, that's that was a good one. Um, I love. Shoot, I just lost it. All right, go ahead. do another one. Uh, Mall Rats for yeah. me. Okay. Um, which I don't even know if you could call. I guess it's a cameo, but he it's is a, a pretty large portion of that story because he helped Brody real, you know, realize that the, his love is important to him and he wants to go out and do his comic book shop yeah do his comic book shop and all that but the having stan uh talk to him and him run into stan and then brody throwing all the dirty stuff at stan and stan's just replying to him with such class about stuff but then later um when uh brody's friend what was brody's friend j sounds jp something like that yeah, when he, I was going to say Dante, but it's not. Um, when he, uh, pretty, you see him paying Stan and saying, hey, thanks for that. Yeah. And Stan, basically, Stan just made up a bunch of bullshit to tell Brody. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. JL? Oh, whatever. That's going to drive us crazy now, isn't it? Um, you got one yet? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I, I'll just throw this one out there because I thought it was always the funniest one. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, because it's the most recent one I can think of. He, like, so Thor's like, you got, you, they go to, like, dress him up for the arena, and he's, and he's trying to, like, cut his hair, and he's got this, like, wacky arm contraption, and he's yeah. like, I think I know how this thing works, and he's like, don't cut my hair! Please don't cut my hair! Yeah. <laughs> And then the, the little blades are yeah, the spinning blades on his are spinning. hands or whatever. He's like, yeah, I think I can control funny. this thing. That one was pretty funny. Um, T.S. T.S. Okay. That's, yeah. You were close. I knew it was a T. I just couldn't um, remember the second one. I, the, the mailman one, where I think it's from Age of Ultron. No, Civil War. When he's like, I got a package oh, Tony Stank. Stank. <laughs> yeah. That's that one's war, probably yeah. my favorite. That's your new name now. <laughs> Tony Stank. <laughs> now and forever. That one was pretty good. Yeah, Tony Stank. That was a good one. I want to say X-Men 1 or 2, and he's like on the streets selling stuff. Or maybe it's Spider-Man 1. I think that's what it is because it was like a double cameo, and he's like on the streets like... X special glasses. You could look like the X Men or something yeah. like that, and he's selling like glasses. Isn't there one? He's a that one's pretty good. Isn't there one where he's a hot dog vendor too? Maybe. I think one of the Spider Mans. He's a hot dog vendor. Yeah. Um, 
you can't forget about the Lego Marvel. No. And where he, they even like you can unlock your own little stand character, and he mm-hmm. turns into a, he could do any almost Incredible. any of the moves. So he could turn into the yeah. Hulk. He can swing around like Spider Man. He can do beat like optic blasts too. So the stand minifigure was pretty. I would love an actual one in real life of stand. If Lego doesn't make one, I would be very upset. Oh, a little Lego, yeah, a little Stanley Lego thing. That would be pretty cool. Minifigure. Um, the response on Twitter and from everybody. Kind I only got of, two. Oh, you only got two? Okay, go for it. Yeah. You, did yeah. you think of one? No. And there's plenty of good ones out there. <laughs> I thought I had one by the way. Um, did you ever get to meet Stan at a Comic Con? Sadly, no, I never did. I did. I know. Um, it was with and Larry. Larry did too. Uh, yeah. It was a really cool experience. Um, I actually have a comic signed by him too. It's uh, Human Torch versus Spider Man. Oh, okay. I did that because Spider Man is Victoria's favorite right um, comic book character, and I love the Fantastic Four. So. It wasn't a, not a great condition book, and it's not a super valuable book, but it's special meaning for us. So we took it there to have him sign. It was a little sad at first seeing him signing because this and this was five years ago, mm-hmm. and the amount of signing he was doing, and he had a coat on, and he just looked so tired. Yeah. But he had a happy face on, and he was being super nice to everybody as they were walking by. Like when he was smiling, doing the cons, he was he was committed like these were all day things and he was he was soldiering on it was pretty impressive for someone of his advanced age really really yeah and then we went and got a photo from him or with him and he was sitting in a chair larry might remember the exact words but i think he uh, he called her he called her beautiful or something like that oh he he liked her glasses he's like i like your glasses beautiful or something <laughs> like that and it was uh really nice and he's like, just He's like, get over here, spider friend. And he, like, <laughs> touched my arm. And I was like, oh, wow. oh my gosh. Yeah, that's amazing. And to hear Stanley call you spider friend right to your face is pretty crazy. Yeah. And, and goosebump giving yeah. for sure. It's once in a lifetime. Um, yeah, he's uh, an absolute legend. And I don't think we've had a, a legend in our lifetime really die yet. Maybe Michael Jackson. Yeah. I'd say he's pretty much the only other person I can think of. I would say Michael Jackson you could probably qualify as, as a legend and someone who's going to live for they have generations. Some, they have something that's, yeah, that'll live longer than they will. So Disney, yeah. Michael Jackson. Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley, yeah. I'm trying to think of what other artists. Like, most artists nowadays, like, I don't think they can create music or entertainment that can no. live to that and there, kind of level. And there's people that you could consider icons and stuff and people that deaths are important and actors who are important but yeah. nobody that I would put in that legend status or mm-hmm. world changers and I think Stan could definitely be considered a world changer. He's an influencer and a world changer. Yeah. yeah. Um, you got anything else you want to say? Uh, Stan... I like to think he can still hear us. Uh, Stan, the things that he has created is just going to stick with, I know, with me for the rest of my life. And I cherish those stories, those characters. And I look forward to seeing them live on, even past Stan. Mm-hmm. Um, 
quite curious to see what's going to happen now, but in a hopeful way. Like yeah. I don't think it's going to come crashing. I just want to. I'm glad to see that it's made it this far, and I'm hopeful to see where it's going to go from here. Yeah. So, so I'm appreciative of all the things he's created, and the characters and the memories. Yeah. Thank you. Keep calm and excelsior. Excelsior, true believers.